Hi there, thanks for tuning in again. You're about to listen to episode 693 of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. And we would love you to join us at Sandown Park this Saturday. It's an exclusive offer for listeners to this podcast. Just use the code NL10 at the checkout when you purchase a grandstand ticket. It's half price. There are 500 tickets going. You can book four at a time. All you have to do is visit thejockeyclub.co.uk forward slash Sandown forward slash events. And when prompted at the checkout, enter the code NL10. You can come racing on a super Saturday at Sandown for just a tenner. You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, the 8th of March. Oh, it's as grim a day as there's been this winter outside here in TW11. Sleet and slush and snow and generally cold and miserable, but I think that's what we can expect for the next few days. I wonder if that has informed the decision to leave one or two horses in races that you might not have expected at the Cheltenham Festival, because confirmations are coming through at the five-day stage for Tuesday. And there aren't many massive surprises, though Honeysuckle and Epatant have both been left in the champion hurdle. Of course, Epatant needs to be supplemented for the mayor's hurdle because of that entry mix-up. I put in a call straight away because there was a flurry of excitement when Honeysuckle was left in the champion hurdle. Or might they go the other way? Put in a call to Peter Maloney, owner Kenny Alexander's racing manager. Uh, This is what he had to say. It's short and sweet. He was in the car, but you get the gist. Uh, No. No, um, listen, you never know in things in racing, so we just left her in both. You never know if uh, 10 horses drop out of the champion hurdle or something like that, and there's a walkover, been off pit if she wasn't still in the race. Uh, no, she's uh, she'll be going for that mayor's hurdle. So that's that. Honeysuckle will go for the mayor's hurdle, according to Peter Maloney. What on earth is this? You might have recognised the dulcet tones of Ian Bartlett there. That is the Jockey Club's collaboration with DJ Cuddles. Yep, no, me neither. Uh, They've teamed up to produce the Raw Remix, a brand new dance track for the Cheltenham Festival. Jack Keane is here from The Sun. Jack, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, it's not a patch on the charity cover of Downtown, is it? That'll always be the original Cheltenham banger. I still listen to that every morning on, on day one of the Fez to get me pumped up. Uh, this one's, for me, it's, it's quite a long way up the cringe scale, isn't it? It's um, I don't think it's going to be on my Spotify playlist anytime soon. I mean, they're, they're trying something new, fair play to them, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it made me cringe over my cornflakes when I listened to it yesterday morning. I had a DJ Cuddles and Ian Bartlett was a, as an, un, an unlikely collaboration. I, I, I don't suppose Barty's ever had uh, a bit of a bit of house music set to his dulcet tones before no it's a bit like that um michael mcintyre show you know the unexpected star of the show i i, I could never have expected ian bartlett to be the star of a uh, a house banger um but it, it you know it's, it goes great in the in the song it, and, and barty's dulcet tones really i suppose they make it really 
Um, I don't know if you're you're familiar with DJ Cuddle's uh, back catalogue, Nick. Not not really. Can you tell me a bit more about him? Well, no, I was hoping you'd know because I haven't got a Scooby. But um, look, it's, it, I suppose it's a bit of fun. It, it's a few people have um, had a few snipes on Twitter, and I suppose they're trying something different. But um, yeah, for me, it's 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 not really uh, tickled more pickle. I must say. <laughs> okay, so that that is the brand new Cheltenham mix between DJ Cuddles and, and and Ian Bartlett. Onwards to the to the racing. Uh, what news today, uh, Jack? What's the what's the key headline as far as festival news apart from DJ Cuddles? Well, we've seen uh, Jordan Gameford has been confirmed for the ride on on Jerry Colom in the Brown Advisory, which is uh, it's obviously a big boost for Jordan. We all know that Davies supposedly going to be the number one for for Gordon with Jack Kennedy missing the festival. Um, obviously, Jordan's won on the horse the last twice, so it's it's good that he's kept the ride, and it's a massive chance for him. A lot of people are considering this horse a, a bit of a banker in, in the Brown Advisory, so that's going to be a, a huge boost for him. It must have been a bit of a blow to see all the stories about Davy coming out of retirement. Maybe he's thinking that the boss hasn't got the confidence in me to ride all of our big guns, so it's, um, it's going to be a huge boost to him that he's um, riding one of Gordon's leading chances at the festival, I'd say who will be riding most of the others. I think the answer to that is is Davy Russell. We're going to have a bit of light shed on that now because earlier today I put in a call to Eddie O'Leary about the the good squad of uh, Jigginstown House stud horses that are, are heading for the festival. Of course, they're spearheaded by Gold Cup Fancy, Gold Cup Outside Fancy, Conflated. Delta Works, a very short price in the cross country and any number of interesting runners in the handicaps, which we're going to touch on very shortly. But uh, first of all, Eddie put a number on on the size of next week's team, um, I, I, I would hope when, when we get to sort out, I I I'd imagine it'd be a twelve or twelve or fifteen. Okay, and it looks a it looks a nice team. Conflated looks the captain of the team as well in the Gold Cup. I was quite struck that you were quite clear on the target from quite a long way, quite a long way out. Have you always thought of him really as a as a as a real stayer? Well, I'd say I, I would hope he called it wrong last year in going to the Ryanair, <laughs> and 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 this this year, like like he'll go there, and, and we said we go straight there to the Gold Cup, and that's why we ran um, Fury Road in the Irish Gold Cup to get a feeler of where we are with him. Okay, and where do you think you are with him with Fury Road? Because I've seen way better judges than me think that he could run a nice race in the Ryanair. Yeah, well, I think he. We think he's a Ryanair horse. He didn't. He he didn't quite get the three miles in the episode, which which we don't think he will get. And he's a better he's a better horse ridden ridden forward. So we had to ride him forward over the three just to find that out. And and so we'd be happy where we are conflated vis a vis his running his running against against a very, very good horse and Willie's horse. I mean conflated is a is an interesting horse, isn't he? Because I remember before he won the Irish Gold Cup last year, I mean he was called every single name under the sun. Nobody really wanted to to love him much. His profile's a little bit different now, isn't it? And pe- people are sort of thinking, well, Actually, maybe all he wants is a is a trip and a good ride. Well, he was he was obviously a very very wayward wayward horse as a young horse, but he's got better and better. He's probably the equine equine equivalent of his trainer. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of it like that. He, he was he was he, he he walks walks hard. He was wayward, but he's got but he's settled down and he's now he's now hopefully a professional. He's now hopefully a professional professional. Um, does does said trainer um, share your view that he's that he's a horse that is that is getting more sensible and getting better? Oh, absolutely, because that, like I mean, that, that that's coming from him that he's, he's a much he's a much he's a much more mature horse mentally, and and so like hopefully hopefully the the, the ways of the past even even running right handed 
which we were afraid to run because of what went on as a young horse. Even in Down Royal, he was good. You know, like he's been he's been very very professional this year. So he can be rid- he can be ridden with a bit more confidence. You, I mean, you, you you can take take a view of the race as a, a in the round. I mean, how how do you see it at the moment? I mean, what would you expect to happen? I would think it would. I would think it would take a very good horse to beat to beat Willie's horse. To beat Galopin de Champ. Unless, unless he doesn't get home. Um, do you think that's a possibility? I mean, just watching the Irish Gold Cup, I thought he he hit the line pretty hard. He did. Now, if you and and and, and I go and, and I go back to the Irish Gold Cup and say um, he timed very hard. Watch the race again and dismiss Fury Road, who was stopping. Uh huh. Was he was he leaving the other horses? I don't think he was. So like, and, and he was ridden to get the three miles. I'm not being controversial, but it's the only chink in the armor we have. If he gets if he gets three two and a half, you may as well clap. No, it's over. Sure, but in in terms of conflated, you think that three, two and a half, he could do that, no prob. I think, and Gordon feels um, and that the trip is no problem to him if he gets into a rhythm as as he has done his last couple of races. He needs to get into that rhythm. If he's in that rhythm, and and listen, and listen, and listen, maybe he won't be allowed to be in the rhythm. But if he gets into, into that rhythm, um, he he doesn't see the trip as being an issue. I'm I'm working on the basis that David David Russell's going to ride him. Is that is that how you're thinking? I, would pres- I haven't gone through with Gordon yet, but I, but I, I mean, I mean, I would presume so. Okay, um, and I'm I'm guessing he will ride most of yours. I just saw a, a little bit saying that he's he's going to get on Delta work in the in the cross country. I, I saw Jane Mangan put that up, and I'm glad Jane. I'm glad Jane is, is arranging our riders. <laughs> well, listen, she she can do everything else. As I said to her on as I said to her on the podcast yesterday, if she can sort Barry from EastEnders and Peter Crouch out, then she can work your yeah. she can work your riding arrangements out. No problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would assume so, but, but, but it's not sorted yet. But All I right. Assume so. Okay. Um, he obviously spoiled Tiger Roll's party last year, uh, and I I did sort of wonder whether. Galvin might spoil your party this year. I mean, do you, I mean, do you think you've got the edge over Galvin in that race? I would, I would think, I would think, um, if the ground is softer, we might have an edge. If the ground is quicker, he has the edge. Okay. Um, so is, I, I, I would think it's very much, it's very much, they're very much the same horse, and and the ground is the difference. I mean, it's it's easy to forget that both horses have been talked up for Gold Cups in the past. It's quite a classy running of the race, isn't it? It's a very, it's a very classic run the race. It's also a very, very good race, and at the odd time you see people trying to trying to get rid of it. Like it's it's where it's where it's where it's where the it's where the, it's where the sport came from. Steeplechasing and around every kind of an obstacle, and it's, I, I think it's a fantastic race to sweeten up old horses. And like Tiger always was was a complete question in point, as in he was finished racing without that race. He's he's done an awful lot for the for the discipline, hasn't he? Let's face it. I mean. I, I I'd have been one of those I'd have been one of those let's go for a cup of tea while this is being run merchants yeah. before he came along and then suddenly actually made it a bit more interesting. But but I go as far as say that, that he would not have won a national without the cross country race. Mm. Well, I, 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 I can I can totally see that totally see that. Yeah. Um, I um, as well as uh, Jane Mangan sorting your jockeys out, I see um, AP's been working out which your which your best chance of the meetings because I saw he put up Favorite Sean do as his best bet of the best bet of the week but I don't know which race he's going to going to run in definitively what because he's, he's in the Ballymore the Bartlett and the is he in the Martin Pipe as well which you've had a very good record in which which way is he going to jump I wouldn't mind having some of what AP is on if that's the case <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I would I, I would think he's 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 all going well the, the Albert um, tell me a little bit more 
about him. All I see is a load of ones by his name, but I, I haven't taken a, you know, I, I don't know enough about the horse. So tell me a bit more about where you think he's going to land up. He's kind of been under the radar. Um, he's a very nice, big staying horse, a big, a big weak horse, and we've been quite easy on him. He has three runs before uh, early on, and he's, he'd have a long break into, into, into Chelsea, which, which was the plan. Yeah, because there aren't a, there aren't a load of eight year olds who are still eligible for novice hurdles, are there? No, nobody missed a year with a leg. Yeah, hence, 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 hence his age. But um, we run a nice horse there as well as a maiden. I'm um, search for glory. He's he's a nice horse. Um, uh, Indo won it as a maiden, so I'm not going to win it, but I think he won a nice race. And he's going in the same race, is he? Same race, yeah. Okay. Um, and you you had no temptation to split them up. You just think, right, they both need three miles. Just roll on. Yeah. Well, they, that's what they're, they're big staying chasers next year, so hopefully hopefully that's the, that's their gig. And the other horse, the cool survivor, I would imagine all going well, you go for Martin Pipe. Yeah, I mean, cool survivor actually is one of the shortest price runners of yours of the of the whole week into into single figures. Now, as I said, you've got you've got a very good record in that race. He's a Westerner horse, cool survivor, isn't he? And he's 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 had he's had a little bit of experience now because you've got to have the four runs to get in a handicap. What did you make of the run behind Goodland at Leopardstown? We were very very happy because he was closing like hell. I was I was, I was actually amazed. The actually Irish handicap dropped my pound for that for that race. I was thrilled. <laughs> he's a handicap, but but the Englishman didn't miss him. <laughs> but the Irish handicap dropped from a pound for that run, which I was quite surprised, as he was really, really closing. Like, like in another, in another two strides, he would have been third. And another, I know he was catching, catching. And that race, if you could make the Martin Pipe the full of three miles, it would suit us better. So you're still able to run off 135, aren't you, in the Martin Pipe? I think. I know he was. No, he, he was raised. He, he was 136. We now the 135 in Ireland, and he was raised in England. Ah, okay, right. So I'm still looking at his Irish handicap mark of one thirty, one thirty-five. Ah, well, you weren't expecting anything else, were you? I mean, the, the English handicapper wasn't going to wasn't going to miss you. Not at all. I, I love the English. The one with the English handicapper when he's one of the highest, one of what's what, one of the highest rise risen uh, handicap chases uh, uh, Irish handicap going to Cheltenham. He was raised six pounds was irascible of Henry de Bromheads of uh-huh. ours. Okay. And he's he's entered in three races in, in Cheltenham, and he's not qualified for any of them. But he was the highest one of the highest risers by the English handicapper of the horses not going to Cheltenham. So so he's he can't go because he's not qualified for anything. You for any race, but, but but he's actually but he's down to one of the highest risers of the of the of the Irish chasers going to Cheltenham. He's not even going. Um, the, the horse um, of uh, Henry de Bromhead's Royal Thief. He's he's surely going to have a spin in the Kim Muir, isn't he? He has a nice. He's a nice chance. Um, Jack Hendrick rides him. Um, he's a he's a nice horse. Paddy gave him a Paddy Mullins rode last day. Gave him a very very good wide ride. He went wide. He needs a bit of space, and um, it's hard to go wide on Cheltenham. But if he gets space and gets into a rhythm, he's a, he's a bit of a squeak. Sorry, who who did you say rides him again? Jack Hendricks. Jan, Jack Hendricks. So tell me a bit more about Jack Hendricks, because again, you're going to have to fill me in. He's one of the younger, one of the younger. Um, 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 the better, the better, or the, the more, the more senior point-to-point riders were gone. Like we love Rob James' seven-pound claim, but Gordon had that long snapped up. Um, so um, um, Barry and he was supposed to ride him, then he jumped ship for Gavin Cromwell's horse. So we got, we got Jack Hendricks to ride this. And he's, 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 he's the new, the new up-and-coming point-to-point man in Wexford. Okay, and I mean, clearly, if you're going to put him up in a race like that, he's got to be pretty talented. Well, he looks. To, he looks. To, he looks to be. He looks to be the top of the of the, of the next bunch coming through. All righty. Well, um, I think we've been reasonably, um, reasonably comprehensive. Unless you're going to tell me otherwise, I suppose Beacon Edge deserves a mention. Is he going to go to the Coral Cup? 
Oh, with the coral cup, yeah. Yeah. Like he's slip, he's slipping down. He's at a rating now where he and and, and we have a very good and um, Michael Michael O'Sullivan is, is booked to write him. Ah, ah. Well, I was going to say it's not exactly a secret weapon anymore, Michael, is he? Are you, did Jane not get that one? No. <laughs> No, he, he's booked, he's booked right in, so there's another five points off his back. I'll I'll have, de- I'll have definitely missed all the important winners, um, but I think we've we, we we've co- we've covered plenty, Michael. Uh, uh, um, Eddie, appreciate your <laughs> Mike for goodness' sake. Try and get your name right, Eddie. Appreciate your uh, your time today. I'm guessing you will be in situ on Sunday, Monday. Hopefully, go, go, over, go over Monday afternoon. Hopefully, okay. all going well. All right, that was uh, Eddie O'Leary in in fine form. Uh, Jack Keane from the Sun rejoins me. Uh, I think I caught him. I caught him in high spirits this morning, Jack. Yeah, you caught him on a good day, didn't you? He's, um, he was in cracking form this morning. The poor old Jane Mangan catching a few stray bullets on a day off that wasn't very fair. But um, no, he was in he was in great form and very informative as well. He was quite quite thorough going over some of those some of those horses' chances. As I said to Jane yesterday, uh, no publicity is bad publicity. She knows that only too well. Uh, what was the what was the the eye catcher there for you? What did you what what made you prick up your ears? Uh, well, they, they they seem to they like the chances of Fury Road, don't they? In the in the Ryanair, obviously they um he's been tried over three miles quite a few times in his in his career, but they they seemingly don't think he he's is a strong stare at the trip, and they they fancy him to run a, a big race back over two five. Uh, and conflated as well as they're they're very confident he's going to get that that three and a two and a quarter uh, two and a half furlong trip, which I personally would be slightly skeptical about. But um, confidence seems to be growing behind that horse. Uh, he's what is he about ten twelve to one? I think they're expecting him to run a big race. Uh, and obviously they've got quite a few good chances in the handicaps. One I was I was going to mention to you was was Cool Survivor in the Martin Pipe. I know he's been quite well backed and he he did run a very eye catching race in that Grey One last time out. And I think. Um, what was he off 140 now? I still think they're expecting to run a big race in the Martin Pipe of a 140. And as I said, uh, Michael O'Sullivan is not really a secret weapon now. But if you if you get him in that race, you, you it, it's gold dust. He's he's got so much Grade One experience. He looks so cool. Oh God, yeah. He's he's only been on the on the scene for for a short time, but he's a, he's already made a name for himself. Grade One winning rider, and he um we've we've seen a lot of stars of the saddle come out of that Martin Pipe. Um, over the years, and if, and if he was to, you know, he's he's already a star in the making, but a festival winner for him would be a huge boost to him as he's kind of just starting out on his career. Now, uh, those of you who are going to Cheltenham, um, there's some good news. Uh, the rail strikes have been suspended, binned, put off. What's the deal? Yeah, so RMT have um, been offered a new a new pay deal, so they've they've called off the strikes, which were due to hit the festival. Uh, next week the strikes were meant to take place on Thursday um, but there was going to be some disruption on Wednesday and Friday as well um, so it's going to be a huge relief to everyone at, at Cheltenham I, I believe the Jockey Club had teamed up with National Express uh, to put on some extra coaches to try and ferry uh, more punters to the track who were going to be you know left high and dry by the no trains running I think they're expecting something like 25,000 race goers to make uh, make their way to Cheltenham uh, on the bus so it's going to be a big relief to punters and, and to Cheltenham because I can't imagine uh, many would have fancied a, a long coach ride home after a day on the Guinness at the races. It'd be much more comfortable getting to and from the track on the train. Um, so that's a, it's a huge boost to, to everyone involved. 
And some some news from from Cheltenham. There's a, an economic impact study that's been released as regards last year's festival. Um, total economic impact of the festival in 2022 is estimated at 274 million pounds, according to the results of a special report undertaken by the University of, uh, of Gloucestershire. Uh, the key findings were that the total economic impact um, was that up from an estimate of around 100 million when the project was last undertaken in 2016. That's enormous growth in the space of of six years, particularly with COVID uh, driving a a wedge through the middle of that. More than half of racegoers make a return trip to and from Cheltenham on the day they attend. Of those not making a return trip to the town, about a third of attendees arrive a day or more before the festival and stay at least a day or two afterwards. Uh, And the average expenditure of attendees at the festival increased from £584 in 2016 to £697 in 2022 and attending the festival apparently was on the bucket list of things to do for two-thirds of the participants and more than half of respondents always or usually attend the festival it's that it's that level of growth in just in just half a decade jack that i find pretty staggering yeah it's astounding isn't it but i mean given the price of hotels in the area it's not that surprising it's you have to pay an absolute fortune to stay there for the week nowadays um but it's as we know that the covid year was a real blow to the local area because it it is the big event of the year. It brings in over over two hundred and fifty thousand race goes every year. Goes to the festival, so it's um, it's it's growing in popularity, um, and it's it's huge to the local area, huge to the jockey club, um, and long may it continue because it's a it's been a real success story. The way that the meetings kind of exploded over the last decade or so, and I can only see it continuing. Uh, got some news from from yesterday. I, I don't know if you were familiar with the the David Cotan story. Got a very prominent French trainer, uh, ex champion jockey, banned for a year for medication uh, issues uh, surrounding the injection of his his horses with um, dexamethasone, a, a corticosteroid. And there was a lot of mention yesterday about a Paolo the vet, an, an Italian vet whose surname was not. Was not put in the in the documents. Uh, who had who had apparently been been administering uh, said corticosteroid that had been um, used too close to or on a race day. Now there is a well known vet called Paolo who practices extensively in the in the UK, and that is Paolo Guasco. But uh, Paolo Guasco is not the Paolo concerned. And has been contacted by just about every single one of his clients and others saying, is this you? And he wants to stress that for all that there are only two or three uh, equine vets in the world called Paolo that he knows of, it is not him. So he wants to make that clear. Paolo Guasco does some work for Ollie Murphy and Dan Skelton, Neil Mulholland, Donald McCain, uh, the Greenalls and and many more. He says, it, it's not me. And please can stop people stop contacting me asking if it is. So very happy to to clear that up um that it would have it would have benefited him jack it struck me if if the other paolo's um surname had actually been been recorded and mentioned yeah that's not going to help is it but there can't be too many um italian vets called paolo working in the uh, equine industry in this part of the world so um it's it's good that you've been able to clear that up for him i, I feel sorry for it. it must have caused him quite a, a good deal of stress over the last 24 hours yeah, something like that is probably not great for your business. So I'm very happy to clear up the fact that the mysterious Paolo the Vet is not Paolo the Vet, if that makes any sense. Um, right, onwards. Well, one of the one of the key horses, it, it appeared this week going into the, the Betfair Imperial Cup at, at Sandown on, on Saturday was Sol Icon, who's been an unbelievable revelation for Kieran Burke. He's, he's won seven of his last eight races, all of them handicaps. 
Um, but Kieran's with me now. Kieran, he's not going to run, is he? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Um, ground's gone against us. It's typical. We've had such a dry spell, and now we've got this rain and snow and whatnot. It's just, um, yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not going to run him on that sort of ground. Not, not. He's never run on it, and he probably won't act on it. So. We have to sit and wait, unfortunately. I mean, it is pretty amazing to win seven handicaps. I realise you got him in off a basement mark, but he, is he improving faster than you could have imagined? Uh, definitely, yes. Um, yeah, he's just gone from strength to strength. Um, yeah, he, he has got better. I think that last run at Cheltenham really shown that he has massively improved from race to race. So, um, yeah, no, he's um, been a revelation, really. Um, what are you going to do with him? Because he's... he's going to need a million horses to come out to get into a Cheltenham race isn't he yeah definitely I mean I, I declare and, and you know, hope that we might get in but we, I don't think you know, realistically we're not we're not going to have a chance to get in um, there may be a race for him I think as a handicap just an ordinary handicap at Taunton we might go for maybe near top weight and then we're head to Aintree I think it's a conditional jockeys race at Aintree that would probably be the next plan for him anyway and I mean, just supposing, just supposing, and it, weird things do happen during Cheltenham week. He did, he did squeeze into the bottom of, of one of those races. Would he? Could he be competitive? I think so. Um, I say we, we we think he's still got, he's you know a lot in hand. So yeah, I can't see why not. As, you know, providing we have good ground, a good decent ground anyway. Um, yeah, I, I you know there, there is a lot more improvement, and we've, we've definitely not got to the bottom of him yet. Nowhere near. I cannot believe that 11 years have gone by since Hunt Ball uh, won, won the Novice Handicap under... Was it 12 stone 2 for you at uh, at Cheltenham? Yeah, no, it was, yeah. And that's a long time ago now. So that was, I think that was my last run at the festival as well, so it'd be nice to have another one up there on, on the uh, Friday. But but very, very special memories of that day. And what a what a crazy journey that was. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. No, it's, um, they, they definitely live long in the memory anyway. Well, all the best with with Soul Icon. Uh, it'd be good to see him uh, next week if he if he does happen to squeeze in. If not, roll on entry. Thanks for talking to me. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Nick. Kieran Burke will have to wait for another day with the extraordinary Soul Icon, winner of seven of his last eight races. Let's head to Hong Kong now and pick up all the news with J. A. McGrath. Hi, Nick. Zach Purton is under suspension, so he doesn't ride at Happy Valley today. But following his Group 1 double in Sydney last Saturday, Zach was straight on a plane back to Hong Kong. And yesterday, we learned exactly why he didn't hang around Sydney. One of the reasons for the Lightning return was that California Spangle was trialling at Sha Tin. California Spangle is preparing for his next assignment, the Group 1 Queen's Silver Jubilee Cup over seven furlongs at Sha Tin on March the 19th, which also is Hong Kong Derby Day. Not surprisingly, the son of Star Spangled Banner won the trial and in typical Hong Kong style, he clashed with one of his old adversaries, Wellington, who Richard Gibson is aiming at the same Jubilee Cup. It's just a trial just to get the adrenaline pumping a little without the stresses of a real race. But it's fair to say both horses are going very well, progressing satisfactorily towards their next big target. Gibson, of course, is an Englishman well known for his international exploits. Dr Dino springs to mind, also Lady of Chad, Gold Fun. And he's been in Hong Kong for 13 seasons now. He's done a fantastic job with Wellington, a horse who's had injury worries. He's now won 12 from 20 and close to £6 million in prize money in Hong Kong. 
Happy Valley today. Well, we've got nine races, and as I mentioned, Zach Furton doesn't ride. Neither does Sylvester D'Souza. They're both suspended. And that leaves Hugh Bowman poised to dominate. I think he's got a cracking book of rise, and uh, the best of them is in race five, number seven, E-Universe, trained by Manfred Mann. This is a three-year-old from Australia by Super One. He's only had the one start. He was fourth in a five-furlong scamper at Happy Valley, but now he steps up to six furlongs, and I think he's going to be much better suited. So five, race five, number seven, E-Universe, to beat number eight, Sight Hero, who's trained by David Hayes. Later on, Hugh Bowman rides Rocket Spade in the sixth event on the card. Uh, Rocket Spade is a former New Zealand derby winner. Hasn't really struck, it, uh, struck form in Hong Kong, though. He's naught from 13, but he's getting closer. He's drawn badly, but Bowman has to get him across, and if he gets into a good position, he can go very close. So race six, number two, Rocket Spade to win from number one, Tianchi Monster. Take them in a tote swinger. Later on, uh, Bowman's also got in race eight, number three, Winning Icy, who's trained by Casper Founds, as uh, two is Rocket Spade. And Winning Icy is really in good form this season. He's a very consistent type, and also he's very able in this grade, class three. So race eight, number three, Winning Icy. That's all on the Hong Kong beat this week. I'll have more for you next week. Now, whilst I appreciate that everything is about Cheltenham at the moment, and I make no apology for that, I also make no apology for trying to get all around the world as best I can. And William Haggis has sent a nice little squad of horses to Australia. And with the money on offer, it's easy to see why. And he joins me now because we're not far away, William, are we, from the first of those runners making a race course appearance. What's happening this weekend? Well, we've got a couple entered, Nick, and... Uh... We're, we're considering strongly running them, so we're looking forward to it. Okay, so just remind us who, who the squad is and who's going who's gonna to lead the team first. Right, so, so the first runner will be, I think, a horse called Protagonist, mm-hmm. who is a pretty useful handicapper. Um, he runs in a group three there, over a mile and a quarter, but uh, his last run at York, when I was very disappointed, he got beaten in a 0 to 110 or a 96 to 110 by Algiers who is currently favourite for the um, Dubai, Dubai World, World Cup. Cup so uh, maybe there's a bit more merit in that performance than I thought he's been working good he was working good here and he's gone out there and he's he's got a nice draw he's drawn 6 of 18 I don't think 18 will run I think there'll be a few scratches but he's been in uh, in really good form very happy with him so Hopefully he'll run well. There's just a little question mark whether we scratch him on Saturday and wait for a Group 1 race next Saturday called the Ranvit, but we have Dubai Honor in that. Um, but the big the big gun, Animo, was uh, announced as a non-runner in the Ranvit um, uh, this morning. Um, so, uh, you know, it's... it's made it a bit more complicated but we'll see uh, Animo's one of those horses I saw him when I was down in Melbourne he's one of those horses in Australia that you think do you know what that could probably win a group one just about anywhere um, yeah. and so that that would definitely factor into your calculations wouldn't it well not yeah definitely for protagonists not for Giovanna no. I actually think the opposite I think he's 
He's a very good horse, but I wonder whether he's a real top top horse against top horses. Ah, well, you're just you're you're you're, you're the right man to go and find that out, I guess, aren't you? Because in Dubai Honor, you've you, you've got a proper one at least. Yeah, Dubai Honor. If the ground comes up soft or heavy on April the eighth, and we have Dubai Honor in good form, I would be very hopeful that that he would be able to give Anima a race. That's quite interesting. Further down the line, and you've got a bit of context as well. You've got a bit of fairly recent historical context because you won you won Group One races with with a Dave in in Australia, and you had that fantastic rivalry with with Very Elegant, who everybody said was pretty much un, unbeaten at the time, unbeatable at the time. Do you think Dubai Honor is a a more talented horse than a Dave? No, I don't. I think he's a very good horse, though, and I don't think last year he just wasn't as good as he was the year before. And that's because he loves soft ground and it was bone dry most of the year, not only for racing, but for training. And I ran him a couple of times on firm ground, which wasn't ideal. Um, and I'm in danger of doing it again um, with uh, with him uh, in, the, in the Ranvit, but he needs a prep run. He's getting a bit lazy. But uh, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, Nick, I think he's in a better form than he's he was all last year. He's had a really, really good winter and he looks great and he's training well. So I think on, with his conditions, he's a pretty able horse. Mm. Not saying for a minute he's going to beat Animo, but, you know, he'd be a single-figure price at the moment for the... Might not last long, but he'd be single-figure price for the Queen Elizabeth Stakes already. Okay. And what about the other pair? When are they going to appear? Uh, Purple Pay is going to run on Saturday. Uh, she's running in a Group 1 Phillies race over seven and a half. Uh, she won the pre-Sandringham on uh, French Oaks Day, uh, French Derby Day, sorry, um, a Group 2 race over a mile. Wasn't a strong race, but she won well. And um, she's going to go for a seven and a half furlong race. Again, she wants a bit of dig in the ground, but she got a good draw. Um bit miffed that uh, I was hoping Karen McAvoy could ride and he took a ride for Chris Waller so we got a chap who I don't know I'm sure he's very capable called Regan Bayliss and then uh, this morning Karen's horse was scratched and you can't switch jockeys so that's a little bit boring but uh, that's the way it is and um, you know he's uh, she's in good form purple pay and she's got a good draw 5 of 18 um, so hopefully she'll have a good run round. I think both horses, protagonist and Purple Pay, like to be close to the pace. And I think at Rose Hill, in my limited experience, I think um, I think that's quite a, a good thing. I think they need to be quite handy. And who's number four? The number four is a horse called Earl of Tyrone, who won a, a condition race uh, at Kempton the day before he went into quarantine over two miles and he was with Paddy Toomey last year and uh, um, he's a beautiful horse I ran him really to find out whether he stayed and he stayed really well and actually picked up well they didn't go very fast but he picked up well and um, we're sort of aiming him for the Sydney Cup now he is one that does like quicker ground so if the Tancred Stakes which is on the 25th and that might coincide with Tom's return uh, if the Tancred Stakes became a possibility, he might go there if the ground was dry. 
and miss the Sydney Cup. That is a Group 1 race, after all, but it's only a mile and a half. So a bit in the melting pot. Mm. Um, obviously, Tom is, is making great headway with his injury, by all accounts, and he's hoping that he will be available from the 25th onwards in Australia. I think he's intending to fly out on the 18th of March. So, so that's terrific. Mm. So that will help us all. Um, but if we get, if we get lucky, then all four of them could well run on the eighth of April with Earl of Tyrone. If he misses the Tancred and goes straight for the Sydney Cup, <clears throat> we made a mess of the Sydney Cup in the past. We've had a couple of horses go down and win the trial, the Mannion Cup, which is on the eighteenth of March, and then um, completely misfire in in the uh, in the Sydney Cup. So I, I quite fancy going straight there if we don't go for the tancred and i'm a bit long-winded sorry no not at all i'm 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 i feel i'm learning a bit this morning uh, in every which way um (laughs) um, i presume you're going to win the lincoln with something but again my brain's not not plugged in right so you're going to have to you're going to have to nudge me well i think the lincoln is a good race this year i think the entry is very strong we've got two in both pretty exposed and both fairly keen on having soft ground so um, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> I put one of them, Alma Beer, in the Irish Lincoln yesterday, but I want, I've got another one for that, which I quite like the look of. I think uh, he might be perfect. That's a week before Doncaster. Who's, and, who's uh, that? He's a, he's a horse who won very well at first. He's called Latam, and then he blew out a bit, but he's better than that, and I think a stiff mile at the current soft ground, I think, will be right up his alley. Right, night- he's only 87, but... Um, 87 would have got in in the last five years comfortably so I'm hoping we'll see anyway nice to get a, an, an early one in William um, best of luck with the, with the runners in, in Australia and um, we'll catch up uh, hopefully after the weekend thanks Nick okay thanks to William Haggis to, to the croc to Kieran Burke and also of course to Eddie O'Leary at the beginning of the programme for that uh, very informative and entertaining interview Jack Keane is with me still and has a, a selection for you for today yeah I'm going to go for the 505 at Kempton Nick two mile handicap uh, and I'm going to go for Pons alias uh, Charlie Johnson's horse uh, won a very valuable handicap at Kempton in December he's been off since then he's only gone up three pounds for that Joanna Mason's riding today uh, it's quite an open race, but he's a good each way price, around six, seven to one. Um, and he's an, an improving stair, so I expect him to go and run a nice race. That's Pond's alias. Um, there's only one way to play this out, isn't there? Absolutely. You you know what to do. Absolutely. This is this is the the great and the original um Cheltenham song. Um brings back some very happy memories. Uh do do go back and, and look at the video if you've got two minutes today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye bye. When you're Life is making you lonely, you can always go to Cheltenham When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know At Cheltenham, just listen to the music of those good old Irish voices Linger by the paddock, see the horses, make your choices, how can you lose?
You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.